Hello everyone and welcome back to Points to Defend. So the US Open is over and your 2020 US Open champions are Naomi Osaka and Dominic Team. Yeah, I mean, just. Yes, for both, just. Yeah, I mean... It very nearly looked like we were going to say Vika and Sasha. I mean, I would have... Uh... At two sets up and a breakup in the third, I would have said. And at 6-1 and yeah. a breakup in the second. But I guess it's a testament to how strong Team and Osaka are It's been mentally. a tournament of comebacks. It has. So if you think about Sasha's semi-final, Vika's semi-final, like Torch sits at pass, all those matches. Murray just coming yeah. back. Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a good tournament. It's been a strange tournament, I think is the way to put it, because it's been... It's been high quality, but at the same time, it's felt it's felt like a lot's gone on. Yeah, feels 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 like we've had some major upsets, I but mean, at the same time, it feels sort of I can't explain it. Let's say that the Djokovic thing feels like ages ago. The Murray comeback, like Murray even being in the tournament, feels like mm. ages ago. When we were raving about people like Felix. Yeah, even and that he went out less than a week ago or a week ago today, something like that. All right, let's start with the men's final because it was yesterday. Yeah, we literally just woke so up from that late night. Technically, it was technically, today. Well, for us, technically, it was today. Let's talk about Zverev. Yeah, well, I mean, he started. I don't think any of us expected him to start like that. Like we said, he did not play his best tennis to get here. He didn't have to. Yeah, but then he also does do this. He does show up in these big finals. You think when he beat Djokovic at the O2 and the ATP finals a couple of years ago. And I know Djokovic wasn't like... Something was off with Djokovic that day. But Sasha does turn up in these finals, you know, when he was younger, Rome, when he faced team in Madrid. I remember that very well because I went into that, like, team's going to win his first Masters. It's on clay. Like, there's no way Sasha's getting this one. When he, he beat, beat Federer. Straits, beat Federer in the Rogers Cup or Cincinnati. It's the one they love showing on oh, tennis Oh, no, no, no. TV. You're thinking yeah. of Shanghai last year. That wasn't the final. But when he beat... Federer in Shanghai last year, every tennis TV like top ten highlight it's thing ridiculous. is gonna have that match in it. But yeah, I yeah, no one envisions Zverev starting that quickly. The thing that was very evident from the get go is the intelligence of David Ferrer on oh, yeah. Zverev's oh, yeah. game. There's no way he would have done that without him. There's no way he would have implemented that serve and volley. Absolutely not. Because in my head I was thinking, you know what, if Sasha wins this, this is Ferrer's, like, this is his slam. This is not <laughs> Sasha's slam. Like, he's won this and he needs to stand at the trophy ceremony and go, this is for Ferrer because... But it was a completely different Zverev that we that we saw in the PCB match. Or... Oh, yeah. Because he was playing with so much confidence and he was... His first serve was ridiculous. Like, team was struggling to hold his serve. In yeah, definitely. Ev- in the first two sets in I every game. I think that's game. what you could see on team's face as well, because team was really, really struggling to get through his service game. So you'd sit through them for, you know, like a few minutes. And then um, it would get onto Sasha's. Yeah, he'd be done in like a minute or something. So. And yeah, th- those first two sets, I thought he looked pretty much unbeatable. Oh, yeah. The thing is, he was, he was serving incredibly well, which means his service game was done in a matter of minutes yeah he didn't have to worry about that he could focus on breaking team his team had the opposite problem he had to focus on holding so much he couldn't even mm. focus on breaking he didn't face a break point in uh for ages. in the first two sets yeah well see this is the thing because both of them served for the match at one point and both of them got broken and 
I feel like that's expected. Like, do you know what I mean? We're so used to seeing these big three or big four, big five, just serve out grand slams and not give it a second thought. And I think because it's all we've ever seen, especially for as long as I've been watching tennis, for as long as you've been, I mean, this is like your second grand slam final, but for as long as we've been watching tennis, you just see the top five guys who have like the most slams at the moment, just bang it out, like without a second thought. They don't really choke when they're serving out for it. And when Team and Sasha did it, it was so, like, bizarre, I guess. And you were thinking, oh, like, they should be able to do this easily. But it's because you're used to seeing the top guys who've mm. done it a million times try to serve it out. You know, this is this was huge for them. Like, I know either way, whoever lost was going to win a Grand Slam at some point. And, you know, they're young, especially Sasha, and they, they're going to have a lot of chances. You can't blame them for this being, like, the most important thing ever and them getting tight and getting nervous and buckling and like it was a good thing it went to a tie break because nobody was serving that out it was weird yeah i mean you could you could see as soon as each of them served for the match that it was going to go straight to a break because team obviously had no power in his right leg from his achilles and then zverev's things with zverev is zverev is zverev in double faults <laughs> he, he did a, again he was he was hitting double faults and then he'd drop his first serve down to 90 and then hit a second serve at 130 or something yeah. like that. It's so weird. There was, in the um, tie break, I think team had championship point and it literally looked like Sasha was going to double fault to give oh, team the, the match, worst. which would have been the most... It was, it was 63 or 68? 68, I think. Something like that. Or 64, potentially. It barely went over the net and team was on the front foot that entire point and then he had such an easy forehand and he just choked yeah. it. And I then, think stuff like that shows... Like for them, this is this is a brand, oh, especially for Sasha. It's a brand new experience. Like we we watch these people like Djokovic and Nadal all the time, just serve it out so easily. Like they don't really give it a second thought, and I'm sure they're feeling the same inside. They've just been in that position so many times, and they're they a know, lot older, and more experienced. Yeah, they can you know keep that under control just to get through those like four or five ish points. But this is what is really like going on and it's quite nice to see that in a final for once I guess it's nice to have a final where both players want it so much and I'm not saying that the big three yeah. don't want it but the big so three used. want it because they're chasing the records these guys want it just because they it's want the one it just would have felt like wrong if Sasha got his first slam before team and I wouldn't, you know, say, I wouldn't say it was wrong but it, right, but do you know what I mean it just wouldn't have felt right it wouldn't have felt wrong but it wouldn't have felt right you just would have felt a lot more for Domi losing that thinking god he's been in this position four times you know you can kind of get losing to the big three especially Rafa at Roland Garros but it must be absolutely like heartbreaking. You've tried four times and, you know, as happy as you want to be for your bestie, he's worked up once and he's taken it off you and potentially it could have been straight, so. And then do you think, oh, it hasn't come four times, is it ever going to come? Yeah, well, he, he even made the Andy Murray, I guess, joke in his press conference because Andy lost his first four Grand Slam finals and team was like, well, if I lose, I'm going to have to call Andy and find out how he <laughs> did it. And Well, let's move on to... Dominic team. Yeah. Because I mean team deserves the credit himself because that comeback that was, mental strength yeah. to come back from two sets down and a breakdown. Especially when you think like his Australian Open final this year, he was two sets to one up 
and there were chances for him I think in the fifth to break quite a lot and he never did or he'd get like a couple of points from breaking and have like you know chances on Djokovic's serve that might not have been actual break points and he didn't win it from there and you know there's like I know it's against the big three and in your head you're thinking okay it is different losing to the big three than it, than it is to Sasha with no disrespect to Sasha but there, there are like mental scars oh, definitely. from losing those finals especially Australia where and, he was in that position and you could tell that those mental scars were coming up in the first two sets definitely well like we said last time this is the first time team's gone into a final and all the pressure's been on him because he's been in three before and then Sasha I guess could play like that because he could play free and loosely knowing like he had nothing to lose really but then and I think when Sasha did have something to lose when he had been set, two was... sets in a breakup when he had tried to serve for it in the fifth that's when he really did especially at one point in the tie break because I think he was a mini breakup and then he lost that he was right at the start yeah, and uh, then yeah, I mean it was the same for both of them, but yeah, team in those first two sets, his first serve was off. He just looked like a different player. He 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 wasn't playing the same as he did against Medvedev and Demonor, where he was biding his time or anyone. Points. He was rushed. He was panicked. He was just I don't know. I guess yeah, that pressure of being the man that's favourite to win it definitely weighed on his mind. Yeah, and then I think once that momentum almost shifted and people were like, Osveris definitely won this," the underdog yes. team came out. And the one that we've seen so many times. Yeah. Also, to fight through that Achilles injury, oh, which was plaguing him in the fifth. And I thought he was down and out. I mean, I don't know how he's going to be for the next, like, week or two. I but... don't think he cares. Yeah, definitely. It doesn't matter. Like, that's the thing. It kind of started plaguing him. He took a... One, he didn't take a medical timeout. He called the trainer out in the changeover before he was going to serve for it at 6-5. Like, you know, because you don't want to disrupt your momentum. And I know it wasn't an actual medical timeout. And I know you probably need that help to get over the line because you're injured. But, like, it does disrupt something. That's not, like, the normal flow of the match. It was that bad where he had to call mm. someone out right before he was about to it serve for his first It wasn't slam. even his Achilles. He was just putting all his weight into his um, yeah. quads because he couldn't put any weight on his ankle. So I think, yeah, to come through. But my favourite bit of the match was, it was either, I can't remember if it was 6-5 or 5-4, he was love 30 down, and he hit three ridiculous banana forehands past Zverev. And it was like, I'm pretty sure it was 5-4, and it was like, these are the ballsiest shots you've played all match. They're your three probably best shots. And then also the one where he's lobbed him oh, and that, then yeah. just hit him with the little drop shot to go um, 30 level lobbed 6 foot 6 Sasha Zverev and that looks so out but you can I don't know I guess you can see in those moments team had like not it's, it's really like cliche I don't want to use that word but I can't think of a better one team had a bit of a journey in the final do you know what I mean the way he started and then he kind of thought okay like you said now I'm the underdog and kind of start going for it and then as it got tighter in the fifth he just knew he had to there was a part of him that's like I need to stop playing it safe and just go for some of these shots and it paid off yeah, I think that was his problem in the first two sets. And then, that, to be fair, that's what Zverev was doing the entire match, just going for it. Yeah. And then he started, guess, kind of playing it safe. I mean, 60-something mile an hour seconds, I was definitely playing it safe. But it worked. Yeah. Somehow. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you could definitely see it was they were both fighting for their first Grand Slam. And as you said, it was nice to see two players want something so much that they're, it's essentially not broken them, but yeah. they are a shell of the man they were before the match but I think they both come out of it stronger oh definitely I think it'll take Zverev a little while to get over this one well see I think team would have come out a lot worse as the loser than Sasha's coming out as the loser the only thing was you think team has been in this position before where he's been 
two to one against yeah. Djokovic and lost. The thing with Zverev is the thing that will play on his mind is how did I lose from that position? Yeah. Not the fact this is my first oh, Grand Slam finals. Yeah. I was two sets in a breakup. How have I? I mean, he's even said himself, like, I know I'm going to have chances and win Grand Slams again. And that's just it's the just confidence like, in himself. In the moment of this, of course it's going to hurt from that position. But, yeah, it's just it was just really nice to have something different in the final. And it was, and it was a, a really, really good final. Like, I don't want to say high quality because it's sometimes it wasn't. It, it wasn't. It wasn't high quality. And I think that's shown by like the final nice, set. Do you know what it was? It was like scrap but a nice it was a battle scrap. it was a nice scrap to watch them really it was a really, slog really, that's what it was yeah they really wanted it and you had to sit through it but i think it was so worth it in the end and it was made even nicer by the fact that they are really 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 good friends and you know they did the and you could tell from the speeches and, as well that oh they, yeah they've just got so much admiration i mean that's what i was excited for before they like as soon as i knew they both won their semi-finals i knew the trophy presentation was going to be good because i know what they're both like with speeches especially when it's a final against each other but yeah it was just really really nice I guess to see something different like I said last time I don't know if when this becomes a new normal I'll love it again or like I like this because it's a novelty but I think it's one of those things everyone's saying it and I don't want to say that cliche line but you know everyone's like oh if this is the future of men's tennis after the big three I think we're gonna we're be good okay hands. yeah well let's hope that they can both kick on and put in a good shift at the French yes not I mean, playing Rome, but do you blame them? No, I mean, team physically couldn't. <laughs> right, let's move on to the women's final, and in pretty similar fashion. Yes, Naomi the, Osaka came from a set and a breakdown. A 6-1 set down. I mean, firstly, just as we said for Zverev, fair play to Vika, because oh, yeah. that first set... She looked unplayable. She looked. I, I'd actually say she looked better than she did against Serena in that first set. She looked so dominant. Yeah. She just Osaka did just didn't have a number. She just couldn't. She wasn't. Her serves were too powerful. She, she was hitting passing shots past her. Just everything was going right for her. Yes. And I think, and I said this when we said Serena like back. I'm pretty sure back in our first podcast when you go a set up. Yeah. Your head, you start. That's what you start I was thinking excited. when I watched the Serena semi final. I just thought about you saying that, and yeah, and I think. I think it was actually her own downfall going there. Yes. Being that dominant in the first set. You almost, you need to know, not that there's like room for improvement, but she was playing so well. It was like, what is there left to do? Whereas for Naomi, there was so much more to yeah. do. And Vika almost couldn't find another gear. She was almost like, you know when you're at She's the top, cruising. the only way is down. Whereas Naomi had so much more to give and so much more to go and she managed to turn it around in three sets it would be nice to see women play best of five let's say everyone best of five second week because i just like uh, these comebacks have been so good you want to see the room for the you comeback. don't you don't get these stories yeah. like you did in teams where in, yeah. in a three setter but you know we managed to get it with this because naomi found that i guess next gear in time but let's say it took her another set to find it she would have like it would have been over gone. But Naomi Osaka, just quickly moving on to her and then we'll move back on to Vika and then back on to Naomi. I just, like, I can't fault her in like as a player, she's as a, a person. She's a, yeah, she's a lovely human being. She and it's like, also just a benefit that she's such a good tennis player. I said to you before the US Open started, I think during Cincinnati when she started the kind of Black Lives Matter conversation in tennis and got the pause and play to happen, anything Naomi Osaka is selling, like whether it's actually a product or it's like a thought or like a mindset or a lifestyle, I want to buy it. Hmm. Like I'm obsessed with her because there's just like, what 
what a role model. Yeah, she's great. And we'll move on to her in a bit and talk about everything. I think Vika is similar to Sasha as in like, she she did lose this and it's, I think it's a lot more difficult for her because she lost it from this position, not the fact that she feels like, oh, like I lost this final and this was my final to win. The thing that the thing that I hope doesn't play on her mind is will she now feel like she didn't deserve to win Cincinnati? I don't think so. I mean, it's not it's not her fault. No, we pulled out. I know, and, but yeah, is it is it that easy to escape the idea that if we had played this, maybe I didn't win? I don't think it will because I don't know how old she is now. Maybe like thirty one ish, something like 29, 30, 31, You know, she's been around. She's won two slams. She's also she's been, been through so final. much. Yeah, I mean, she's just had a career long enough to know that these things happen, and you can't think of it like that. If it was someone young, I mean, I would say Naomi, not Naomi anymore. Let's say like Naomi two years ago. If that happened to her, of course she would. Die. Or that, someone like but... Kenan or someone really young. Yeah. Well, she goes into Rome to play Venus. So she, straight back yeah, in it. She probably is already there. They must have to play tomorrow. She doesn't even get a bye, which is pretty incredible. Venus she should until have a Naomi. Until this um, US Open final, Venus was the last person to beat her in round one in Lexington. And it's just wild that that was three, four weeks ago now, something like that. And we were all watching that going, first of all, Venus looks insane. But how much of this is Venus looking insane? And how much of it is Vika just not looking good? And there were tweets all over my timeline, like, is this it? Like, Victoria Azarenka is just done and yeah. All right, well, let's move on to your women's final winner Naomi Osaka and what more realistically second, can you say about second her? US Open third Grand Slam Naomi is 22 she's think, gonna turn 23 soon Naomi's 22 and she's won three Grand Slams I think she's actually she transcends tennis at oh, the yeah. moment oh definitely I think when you I think when you talk about Naomi Osaka you don't think about the tennis player anymore no and I think you just, think of her as do you know what it was as well when she won Naomi was trending and it wasn't Naomi Osaka it was an Osaka she's become like a mononym already hmm. and you know, I guess with, with Serena and Venus, obviously they are that, but there is that little factor there. I know they would be like that regardless, but both their surnames are Williams, so you have to call them by their first name. Whereas Naomi, people just know her as Naomi now. She's so normal. She's just a normal girl who just happens to be in a position well, where she's winning Naomi. tennis. this is just Naomi. I remember two and a half years ago, she made it to the Indian Wells final, and I knew quite a bit about Naomi. My mum didn't know. My mum knew who she was, and we barely had, like, access to women's tennis in the UK for that long. We didn't have, like, the channel for it. And this was the first Premier Mandatory we managed to watch. And I remember messaging her, like, you are going to love her speech. Like, mm-hmm. this is all I'm excited for. Like, she's incredible. Like, she's so funny in front of the media, but she's not, like, polished media trained she's amazing for every opposite reason and my mum didn't get it and then she watched a trophy ceremony and you just the first time you see her speak you get it she's she's as lovable but the complete opposite to someone like Federer but do you know what it is about Naomi she's so uncool and she's so cool at the same time I she's don't so, know which one like, she is not nerdy but she's just like quirky and like yeah but that that's what makes her who she is and I think that adds to her not profitability but like She's very marketable. She knows... But she she doesn't want to be, I don't think. I don't think she tries to be. She just is, and that's... I think that's the point. That's how she is. And it's like, especially... Especially now, compared to a couple years ago. She knows who she is. She doesn't... She won't sell herself out. Yeah, she doesn't care. And it was... You know, she had this realisation over lockdown about Black Lives Matter and even about something as trivial as she was saying she met Jay-Z and she was like, I'm shy, and then he didn't speak to her anymore. And she was annoyed that she ruined her chance to speak to Jay-Z because she was so shy. Like, she's had this epiphany of like... I'm not going to be shy anymore. Like, I'm mm-hmm. just going to say what I want and I don't care and look how well it's worked there. And Well, let's let's talk about the match quickly. 
because we've sort of <laughs> we sort of forgotten what we're actually here for to talk about her final. Well, Vika started staging a comeback in that third set anyway. Yeah. So. I mean, it was great strength from Osaka to hold off, and she just looked a bit ropey in the first set. But then I think it's a testament to how good she is, just as a tennis player, but also yeah. that desire and will to and get back into it. And mentally, she just managed to power through. I don't know. I've never seen Naomi as weak, but I think because she was shy before, like, you would question two, three years ago, would she have been able to make this comeback? Would she have doubted herself? And I know she won the Australian Open in 2019 when she served for it and then Petra broke her, but she still won it in three. But, like, I don't know, she's just so young and she does so much. Like, she's barely older than us. And it's just amazing to see someone that young be able to problem solve and be able to believe, like we were just saying, let's say like the big three, the way they appear in Grand Slam finals. She's, you know, not the exact same, but... She's becoming a mainstay. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, she's got a ridiculously exciting future. If you look at the longevity of someone like oh, Serena, yeah. I think Osaka's definitely going to be up there. Well, she's about to turn 23. So you think she's probably got another... 12 to 15 years left in if the sport. If she wants it. Yeah, she, if she wants to. That's which... the thing. She's got enough... She's Her personality and her, her image exceed tennis at some Definitely. point. Definitely. So it's just whether she, and you she's know, playing for the fun of it. Like, you know, people just know Roger Federer and Roger Federer is I like think, that sporting icon, I, I think. I think eventually that she... I mean, yeah. she's getting there for already. For completely different reasons, but they, it's going to be the same kind of... And a quick shout out to Corday for I, being there. Honestly, like, I don't like doing the whole, oh, I'm going to attribute something good about a girl to like her boyfriend or something. But you can completely see where like their relationships helped her be more confident. They're both so talented and just, yeah. I mean, such a good couple. But I mean, like all this stuff she's doing, speaking out for what's better, both of them. <laughs> so he was wearing his defund the police t-shirt and they both stand up for what's right. I think he's helped her, I guess, come up her shell to an extent, which I don't want that to sound like really like lame like oh it's because of her boyfriend comment but like i feel like that is a thing yeah, like, I feel can... like i'm the same like do you know what i mean you're kind of you're secure in that aspect so you don't yeah not that you would worry about not, it if not... you were single but i do think he's brought a lot out of her yeah i mean she, it was always there but i just think she's becoming more and more comfortable and it also is coming with age and experience but I think that's helped her. And yeah, it was it was really, really nice mm. to watch that. It was nice to watch him. Did you see him when she won the match point? Like, get up and... Yeah, he was loving it. He did his Birdman hand rub. He was, yeah. he was proper feeling it. All right. That's a sort of convoluted and mismatched US Open yeah, final roundup. Yeah, we've woken up early after that very late men's final finish, but... Just before we go, let's give a quick Roland Garros prediction. Well, what did you say to me, like, 10 minutes, however long ago? I can't remember exactly what I said, but it's... Who, who it's, is your Roland Garros pick Rafa. and why is it Rafa? It's going to be Rafa. Yeah, I mean, the only people I picked a while ago to win the US Open and Roland Garros were either team or Rafa. Obviously, I then said Nova was going to win this, but I still stand by that logic. I think only Rafa or team will win Roland Garros. Um, we want, we realistically want team to be on Novak's side of the draw. Yes. So, yeah. Um, women's... Well, Serena's going. Serena hasn't say, played on clay, but I... I think she's got the extra motivation now, though all the European girls who are kind of used to play to say, are going to be back. I'm going to pick someone that didn't play 
Someone like Simona. I'm, I was going to say Simona. I reckon on her Alina, return. Alina, win a Grand Slam, please. I do want to say on that note quickly, obviously all these big names in the women's game didn't show up to um, the US Open. Look how insane the women's tournament at the US Open was. And also you haven't even added the Australians. and. Yeah, well, like all those people that didn't show up to the US Open and we were like, oh, you know, it's not going to be the same with, like, you know, your Halips, your Barties, which you know, it could have, they could have won if they were here, but they weren't here. And we still had, especially that semi-final lineup. Two of the best semi-finals. Yeah. But... All right, so we've got a Nadal, Nadal, Simona, Serena pick for the French. Yeah, I just I just think Serena's got that extra little motivation because of the way the US Open has I'm gonna actually, out. I'm going to go Simona or Kenan. Ooh, Kenan beat Serena there last year. I'm, I'm going for a... It was during Summer Bowl. Know, but she but... does, again, she flew under the radar here, Exactly. Any lasting US Open moments you can think of? Can literally only think of Murray. I can't, I can't escape the final. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's the morning after, isn't it? It's all you're thinking of. Yeah, I, I just... I mean, I'm sure one will come to me later, but at the moment I can't get this final out of my head. It just feels like a very wholesome finals weekend. All right, well, this has been Points to Defend with your US Open finals roundup. We will catch you in a week's time after... After Rome. After Rome. Which do, we'll be in Berlin for, but, you know. Do a quick summary and then look ahead for the French Open to see if anyone's if anything's changed. There's no rest. We literally have a grand summary. Yeah, it's a busy time to start a tennis podcast, isn't it? All right, well, we hope you've enjoyed and we'll speak to you next week.